you're tuning in with us on this beautiful Sabbath afternoon to discuss the book Heaven by Ellen White. And we're in chapter 10. And that question it asks is, who will be in heaven? And this time we're on the paragraph that says, those the redeemed have taught about Jesus, which is paragraph 93.1. Those the redeemed have taught about Jesus. So all this time is telling us who will be in heaven. You know, so that's very interesting. Let's start with a word of prayer. <clears throat> Lakita, would you give us prayer? Yeah, most humble Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for your goodness and your mercy. We thank you, Lord, for your kindness to us. And Lord, we thank you for your word. We ask that you will write your words in our hearts and in our minds so that we will not sin against you, Lord, that we may be, we may be saved in your kingdom. Your soon second, at your soon second coming. Just let me pray. Amen. Amen. Okay, so, uh, I can throughout. hardly hear, though. Okay. I um, can't hardly hear either. Oh, okay. You didn't hardly hear me. Y'all want me to say the prayer again? That would be nice. Okay. okay. Maybe uh, our technician can raise the volume. I'm up as high as I can over I here. Move over. Okay. Should Most honorable father. Let's bow our heads. Most honorable Father, in the blessed name of Jesus, we come humbly before your throne of grace. We thank you so much for the word, for your word, Lord. We ask as we study and think about heaven, dear Father, that may we see ourselves there. May the Spirit of God rest through and abide over this uh, class and over all those who hear and listen. And Lord, we ask above all things that we will all be ready to be uh, with you in heaven at your soon second coming. Give us understanding, give us peace of mind, Give us joy as we study your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 Yeah, I heard that one. All right. Okay. That's good. Those to <laughs> redeem have taught about Jesus is what we're talking about now. Again, these are all the various uh, groups of people that will be in heaven. Of course, there's a lot of overlap where it says those that love the Lord, those who uh, accept Christ as Savior. So, you know, those be the same. It's just kind of giving us an idea. Uh, so those that those the redeemed have taught about Jesus, those people will be in heaven. Uh, why do you think those people will be in heaven? Those the redeemed have taught about Jesus. Why would they be in heaven? Is it because they were taught about Jesus? No, we, I think it's because once they heard it, they accepted Christ in their hearts. Exactly. And gave their life to Christ, not for what we have done, but for <laughs> who Jesus was. Exactly. Many people have been taught about Christ, right? But they have not accepted him. Even people during Jesus' own time, they knew about him, but they never accepted him. And in fact, the uh, Orthodox Jews still have not accepted Jesus as a Messiah. So these are the people who have heard and accepted. So what should we be doing knowing that uh People that we have taught about Jesus may be in heaven. What should we be doing then? Teaching people about Jesus. Witnessing more. Okay. Yeah. That's exactly right. Teaching people about Jesus. Witnessing more. And whenever we go out to witness to people, whenever we want to uh, teach a person about Christ, whenever we want to have Bible studies, whenever we want to point some things out in the scripture or testimonies to people, what's the first thing we should do? Pray. Pray. Pray for what? Understanding. 
Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. And you know why we want to do that is because our words hold no power, right? Not at all. Yeah, our words hold no power. We're on paragraph 93.1, chapter 10 in the book Heaven. So yeah, just us teaching, that doesn't mean anything. Just us studying doesn't mean anything. Without the power of the Holy Spirit attending the word of Christ, the word of God, there's no power in it. No more power than if I taught a math class or if I taught a horticulture class or if I taught a cooking class. There's no spiritual power in that. But when we invite God's Holy Spirit to come in to empower those words and to reach a person's heart, that's where the power comes from. So we all want to do Bible studies. We all want to do outreach. Be sure that you pray before you do it so that God's power will attend your efforts. Uh, the next paragraph says, uh, again, soul winners. That's like people have taught about Christ and the people have accepted it. Whenever a, a person wins a soul to Christ, so to speak, that means you studied with them and they were baptized or whatever. Was that you doing that? Who's the real soul winner? The Holy Spirit. Yeah, exactly. So there's been a lot of pastors who've baptized thousands. You know, on the day of Pentecost, a thousand people were baptized, but it wasn't the human person that did it. That was God's power, once again, through his Holy Spirit. Uh, next type, next group of people, the next paragraph, who's the next group of people there? Those who have heaven in their hearts. Those who have heaven in their hearts. What does that mean? Those who are, have love, joy, those who have love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, meekness, faith, temperance, and long-suffering, those who have the Holy Spirit are filled with God. They have heaven in their hearts. Okay. Excellent. Uh, so having heaven in our heart, we're in constant communion with God. We live a life close in close contact with God. Christ is our daily companion and familiar friend. Uh, we have heaven in our hearts, and we don't have the world in our hearts, but our focus is on heaven and on being in heaven and also on leading others to accept Christ so that they may be in heaven as well. It's always a blessing when we have opportunity and we take it to say a word in due season, to just give somebody a kind word. Or, you know, as the Bible says, if you give somebody a cold glass of water in Jesus' name, it's a blessing. So whenever we do kind things, loving things, helpful things to others, or teach them about Christ or hand out a tract or have a word of prayer with them, then we are being soul winners, soul winners for Christ. So you don't have to go to a foreign land to be a soul winner. You can win souls right where you are, right in the corner where you are. Uh, the next paragraph, who's to say it? Also, Sister White was in vision and she was taken to heaven in vision. And who does she see there? So on paragraph 94.3. Oh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Noah. Wait, what? Yeah. Daniel. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, she was in vision and she saw in the new earth, uh, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Dan Noah, Daniel, and many others like them. So there is a lot of people that she actually saw in vision there in heaven. 
which is pretty amazing. So those people, the patriarchs of old, uh, who, who accepted Christ as a Lord and Savior. And also, uh, next paragraph says, those who have followed the pattern. Which pattern? Jesus. The pattern of Jesus, right. So those who have followed the pattern. If you follow in the pattern of Christ, what does that mean? You're trying to imitate every possible characteristic and trait that God has. Mm -hmm. Okay, anyone else? What does it mean to follow the pattern? What she just said. <laughs> Okay. You look like Jesus when 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 Jesus stands up and says it's finished and he steps out of the way and God is looking directly at us. We look just like Jesus to him. Amen. And we should look like Jesus to others here, right? Through our actions and words and deeds. Mm -hmm. Amen. So, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one for another. So when people see us being loving and kind, uh, meek and lowly and loving, then they see Christ in us. Because without him, we can't do any of that, right? So it has to be Christ they see. Um, next paragraph, who are some of the other people in heaven? Uh, 95.1. The righteous. Yeah, those who do his will. Mm -hmm. So again, there's a lot of overlap in, in these, these subtitles, but it's just uh, kind of characterizing them. But there's a lot of overlap says that now this is interesting. The happiness of heaven will be found by conforming to the will of God. And if men become members of the royal family in heaven, it will be because heaven has begun where? With them on earth. You're on earth. How's that going to happen? How can heaven begin here on earth? Because your character traits that you have here on earth is going to be carried to heaven. God isn't going to change our character when he comes. Our character should have been developed and developed, I mean, and, 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 and done here on earth. So when he comes, he's just going to change our bodies. Perfect everything. Okay. What would you say, Alvina? And perfect everything. Okay. And perfect everything. But it's, and it's by following the will. You just notice that it says the happiness of heaven is in following the will. So we may think we want to do one job, but God has called us to do something different. And as long as we're not doing what God wants us to do, no matter how much we think we want to do that, we're not going to be happy. Hmm. Okay, so happiness of heaven is found by conforming to the will of God. And it says God knows who are the loyal and true subjects of his kingdom on earth. And those who do his will upon earth as it is done in heaven will be made members of the royal family above. So we need to be uh, perfecting our characters here on earth through the power of the Holy Spirit living through us. Uh, there's no way that you can wait till Christ shows up and then try and get in line and then try and do his will and then try and follow his way. It's too late at that point, right? So we need to be taking opportunity now now is the day of salvation in the expected time. We need to use this time of probation to get our lives right. Uh, do you remember in the uh, Bible where a person was was about to die or pass away? And <clears throat> what would they sometimes people tell them to do? 
Pray. Yeah. What else would they tell them to do? Give their heart to the Lord, receive Jesus into their heart. Yeah, they would tell them to get their house in order. Yeah. So all those things that needs to be done before you pass away, that's what they're telling them to do. So it is with us, with Christ, all those things we need to do to be loyal and, and uh, accept Christ and to be saved in his kingdom, we need to be getting our spiritual house in order now. Now is the probation time. When we see Christ coming in clouds of glory, it's too late. Yep. You know, and there'll be a lot of people who think they're, well, I'm going to just wait till I see him. Then I know it's true. And then I'll be a Christian. It's too late. And why will it be too late? Because probation would have closed by then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Probation closes before Christ comes. You know, this, yeah. Everyone who is considered holy is already marked, and those who are unholy have already been marked. Then Christ comes to receive his people to himself. Plus, sanctification is a lifetime work. Sanctification is a lifetime work. That means that if you, you can't just decide, I'm going to be like Jesus. You have to be um, moving in the direction of that because there's many pitfalls along the way. It's stuff about us that we don't know about ourselves that God has to bring to the surface so that we can be aware of it and then turn it over to him. So you can't just say that, oh, oh, I see God coming. Now I'm coming. I'm going to heaven. You can't do that because, and plus, you know, your tastes, your inclinations, your decisions, all of that is going to be wrapped up in how you have lived. And you know, and anyway, one more thing, you're not going to want to be in heaven, you know, um, when you have cultivated, you know, all manner of um, lustful passions and desires here on earth, it's, it's not good. That stuff's not going to be there. Yeah. Uh, remember, we had read that a few weeks ago also that heaven would not be a happy place for people who, who do not have the character of Christ. Because mm -hmm. things would be going on there that they do not enjoy, that they don't want to do, and that they have no pleasure in. So while we're here right. now... Now is the opportunity for us to build our characters through God's holy grace and through his Holy Spirit living through us. So Brother we need Carol. Oh, hey, Paula. Hey, hi, guys. I've missed you all. I got a quick question on this. Mm -hmm. um, what do you say to people, and I've heard this many a time, even people who are bought up in the church and have left, they say, well, I'll repent on my deathbed thinking they can get the same thing that the people on the cross did at the last minute. So, you know, I'll get myself together if I'm dying or something like that. What do you say to people like that? Interesting thought. What do you guys think about that? Well, well God the knows thing... Heart. Only if they're sincere, but if they, you know, God knows their heart. That's all well, here's say. the thing. People assume that they're going to have that time and they're going to have a deathbed. They could go out of here instantly. <laughs> they could be in a car wreck Mm -hmm. on their way home from work or wherever and just be gone instantly. They could be somewhere and, a, and an active shooter just start shooting up the place. So they're assuming that they're going to have that time later to get right or that moment or those minutes or that whatever week or months or whatever to get right when they know they're dying. Mm -hmm. And that's the wrong assumption. And that, that's something that the devil would love for us to really believe that, you know what, you're going to have time. You may not have time. The, the 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 spirit of prophecy says live every day as if it was your last 
Patsy? And see, I think too, when Paula said that they were saying they're going to wait till they're on their deathbed. Well, to me, that tells God right there that it's not going to be sincere. It's because I want something from you, but I don't want to have to change ahead of time before my deathbed. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like they're, they're, they're going to procrastinate and then say, well, if God don't save me. But they're the ones making that choice to procrastinate, not Christ. And that, and then there's another thing too. To right. that. It's like um, it was. I read in Sister White, and she was saying um, we should live and as Christians, where we turn to God, and we do so uh, so often and so consistently that we turn to God as naturally we turn to Him as the flower turns to the sun. So if you haven't been, if you're in a crisis and stuff, and you have not been accustomed to praying. You're not going to just think about praying. You're going to be focused on that death that you're trying to avoid. <laughs> so, you know, it, it may not work for you that, you know, because you, your mind has not been trained to turn to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. And Paula, what do you think? A, the fact that they even have a scheme on how they're going to be saved, it shows you, I mean, <laughs> tells you about their character, but they really believe it's, that's going to work just like the, you know, the thief on the cross. Um, but and, and also like the Catholic Church, I think maybe some other churches have this belief where they give last rites. They're like, mm-hmm. it's going to clean you up before you die. So, yeah. it, you know, a lot of people really believe that. And it's hard to explain to them why that's not true. Yeah. Well, I think uh, there's been some very good thoughts on it given. And, yeah, I always wondered about the Catholic Church thing, too. It's like you can just be a total sinner continuously. And then on your deathbed, just have the priest uh, pray you on into heaven, even though if you weren't dying, you would continue on in sin. It's just crazy. But like you say, people believe different things. Uh, They're in error, but some people really believe them. You know what's interesting? Mm -hmm. we're, 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 I guess, in this pandemic still yet, we we haven't cleared it yet, but I just think about last year and how, you know, we've been having to shelter at home and all of that. And to me, that's a testing time. It's like, okay, you know that, you know, God is getting ready to wrap this thing up. How have you been during this period of time? Have you gotten closer to him? It's the same old, same old. You one of those ones trying to get back out to to the world and things of the world and the people of the world. And you know what I'm saying? And, and, and has, has this, giving you pause to think about your life and think about getting closer to God. You know, do you, do you spend more time with him? Do you spend any time with him? Do you, you know what I'm saying? Do you, you, have you, have you really thought about the fact that your life could have ended during this pandemic or still could end as a result of this pandemic or the next thing that God brings upon the earth, you know, and what are you doing to get closer to him so that, you can make your calling and election sure. Or are you one of those complaining? Ah, oh, man, I just want to get back out there. I just want to, uh, I got to get away from, I got to get away from where I am because I, I just, uh, you know, it's too much for me, you know? Yeah, that's something. And uh, all those were excellent responses. On the end of paragraph 95.1, it says, God knows who are the loyal and true subjects of his kingdom on earth. So you can't fool God, period. You just can't fool him. He already knows your heart. 
He already knows your sincerity. He already knows your schemes and your trickery. He knows everything. So whatever you're thinking, God's already way ahead of you on it. So there won't Corey. be anybody fooling God. Corey wants to say something. Little Corey. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, it's related to the Bible, but not this specific part. Okay, what? Well, okay, we'll go ahead and ask. All right, so at the end of the world, um, do you have any document of what's exactly going to happen besides what's in the Bible? Did you hear him? Yeah, I'm pretty sure your grandparents can answer that. <laughs> I'll say something. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, we're on 95.2. Those who work, other groups that will be there, those who work in harmony with God, those who work in harmony with God. Now look at this uh, sentence here and tell me what you think of this sentence. No one, not even God, can carry us to heaven unless we make the necessary effort on our part. What do y'all think of that sentence? No one, not even God, can carry us to heaven unless we make the necessary effort on our part. Okay, uh, Elder Carroll, I think this is going to go along with Corey's question that he just asked. God, the only way we know when Corey asked that question, is there any evidence? When we look around and see nature that God has produced, everything that God has produced, even the breath of life, God has given us the breath of life and the freedom of choice to know who he is and what his character is like. We have that choice whether we're going to follow God or not. That's more than enough evidence to let us know that we can't make ourselves breathe. We can't make the oxygen. We didn't create anything. So if we choose to turn away from our creator, which has given us not only the, the Bible as the holy word, but God sent his only begotten son, and let us learn, and let, and we may not have been there to see it, but Jesus was nailed to that cross and died for our sins. That's evidence that either we're going to believe in Jesus or we're not. So that's where that that statement says that we can uh, that not even God can carry us to heaven because we have to make that choice. That's a freedom God gave us at the beginning of salvation. I mean, at the beginning of creation. Mm, okay. Um, what do you think about the sentence, no one, not even God, can carry us to heaven unless we make the necessary effort on our part? Any other comments, Alvina? Well, we have to be willing to do our part. And the thing is, we don't have to do it by ourselves. We will get power from God himself if we just ask to be obedient. Okay. You know, Lee, I think about that as akin to a statement that I think about sometimes is that if God can't save you, you can't be saved, hmm. you know, and it, it, it goes along with what both of them were saying is that is that our self, our salvation requires cooperation on our part. And, hmm. and if we're not willing to cooperate, we can't be saved. Plus, it's not going to be any more sin in, in, in um in heaven. So, you know, if you're going, you haven't made a decision to relinquish sin in your life, then why would God take you to heaven? Because sin is here on earth. It's not in heaven. So you can't, he's not going to take you there if, if you don't want to be there. I mean, if you choose a sin, 
because heaven is a sinless place. Also, I'm sure that everybody's been studying the Sabbath school lesson. What is the major theme of this quarter Sabbath school lesson? The covenant. Right, the covenant. So the covenant, all these promises have conditions. God has already done his part. And the second part is us doing our, our part. So that's true. What everyone's been saying is we have to accept the salvation that God has offered for us. We have to accept the propitiation for our sins. We have to accept Christ's sacrifice on Calvary uh, in place of our own death. And we must allow his Holy Spirit to live through us and work in harmony with him. So unless you do that, you're, not, you're just not taking advantage of the gift of God, which is eternal life through Christ Jesus. Uh, 95 point, no, 96.1, here's another subtitle of people who will be in heaven. Those who contemplate heavenly things. If we are indeed journeying to heaven, the spirit of heaven will dwell in our hearts here on earth. How is the spirit of heaven going to dwell in our hearts while we're still on earth? How, would it, how can the spirit of heaven dwell in our hearts while we're still on earth? Because when we, we permit in our hearts. Go ahead. When we purpose in our hearts to follow the commandments of God and to do the things that God would ask us to do, especially when it comes to witnessing, loving your neighbors and, you know, and telling people, you know, trying to, trying to be a witness to soul saving. When we do those things, we're doing that on earth so that we know that we want everybody going with us. We don't want to be, be selfish and say, I'm the only one. I'm going to worry about myself getting to heaven. That's not what God died for. He <laughs> died for everybody to be saved. So we need to get out there and, and tell everybody on, on God's uh, character and what he's done and that he'll save them just like us. Okay. Karen, what'd you have? Uh, I lost my train of thought now. So I'm going. It was, <laughs> I'm sorry. How can the spirit of heaven dwell in our hearts here on earth? Oh, it, it, it has to do with submitting our wills to the Holy spirit. And if we submit our wills to the Holy Spirit, a lot of the things that the devil tries to bring, like fear, doubt, unbelief, um, guilt, all of that stuff um, would not dwell in us. Um, and, it, you know, if we just give that over to the Lord, it just it, it, it won't be there, you know, because the Lord is not going to if we give him our fear, our doubt, our unbelief, our depression, our anxiety, all of that stuff, he's not going to give that back to us. God is not. He's going to give us back the fruit of his spirit. Okay. What What do you think the spirit of heaven is? The Holy Spirit dwelling in our lives. Okay. Do you think this that in heaven there's a spirit of love or hate? Love. Yeah, all the spirits of the all the spirits of the Holy Ghost are those type of uh, spirits that are in heaven, the fruit of the Spirit. So when we have those type of uh, thoughts and those type of aims, those type of images, those type of actions, that is dwelling with the Spirit of heaven. And we have to have that type of of spirit which comes from God's Holy Spirit 
for us to make it in heaven. Uh, the Bible also says uh, that which is pure, lovely, of good rapport, uh, honest and just, if, if it's those type of things, think on those things. So when we're thinking on those type of issues and situations and thoughts and attitudes, that's dwelling with heaven in our hearts. But when, we do, when we're too busy thinking about worldly things and have hate and jealousy in our heart, that is not the spirit of heaven dwelling in our hearts while we're here on earth. So we want to think of those things that are lovely and pure, honest and just and of good rapport, and they have the fruit of the spirit in them. That's how we allow the spirit of heaven to dwell in our hearts. It says perfect conformity to the will of God is the high aim to be constantly before the Christian says he will love to talk of God and of Jesus, of the home of bliss and purity, which Christ has prepared for them that love him. The contemplation of these themes, when the soul feasts upon the blessed assurance of God, the apostle represents as tasting the powers of the world to come. So again, thinking about Christ, dwelling upon heavenly things, dwelling upon holy things, love to talk about God and Jesus. You know, there are some people who can't stand to even hear the name Jesus uh, we were given. We were about to give special prayer for my niece. She was uh, sick in the hospital, and we were going to give special prayer. Another person was in the room, and just the mention of having prayer, this guy started cussing. Mm. And he was like, "What's wrong with this dude?" You know. And uh, it was just sad to think that just at the mere mention of Jesus' name, you know, all that evil words came out of his mouth. Maybe, maybe he was demonic. Maybe he had a demonic spirit in him. Sounds like the session. Yeah, it's just sad. But when we love, when we love Christ, we love to talk about Christ, and we love to share Him with others. Uh, Ninety-six point two talks about those who love God and who else? Neighbors. Neighbor. Those who love God and their neighbors. Right. Remember the first four commandments should point out our love to who? To God. And the last six point out our love to who? Our fellow man. Fellow man. Yeah, our neighbors. So those who love God and love their neighbors are keeping his commandments, are keeping the will of God, are dwelling with the spirit of heaven in their hearts. Those also are those people who conform their lives to the requirements of God's word are blessed to inherit eternal life. Also, those who have partaken in Christ's sufferings, those who have partaken of the sufferings of the Son of God, have come up through great tribulation and washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb, can enjoy the indescribable glory and unsurpassed beauty of heaven. Now, can any of us suffer as Christ suffered on the cross and at Gethsemane? No. We would hope not. We can't suffer like that. But we, we can't suffer in the sense of we, we take on the sins of the world. That's yeah, not to right. say that some of us would not be persecuted before this, you know, our lives end or whatever. But Right. There's been other people crucified. Uh, there's been other people who suffered in agony, but we can't suffer like Christ did. Um, but we suffer in our own ways for uh, the grace of Christ. You know, when we're out doing Christ's work, and people come at us and cause us problems and trouble and want to persecute us. He says, you're blessed if you're persecuted for my name's sake. So that's partaking in Christ's sufferings in that uh, 
way of way of speaking. Then also those who are clothed with purity, again, talking about those whose thoughts are pure and holy and uh, honest and just, clothed with purity, Christ is coming for his people to take to the mansions in glory above. On 97.3, it talks about another group, those who have heard his voice. And I believe we mentioned this earlier, not just heard his voice, but accepted. Because, you know, many people have heard, but not everyone accepts. So those who have heard his voice and accepted, Christ commends in the judgment. Those Christ commends in the judgment may have known little of theology, but they cherish his principles. So you don't have to have a, a what is a DDD degree, doctor of theology degree to understand the principles of God's word. People who have no education understand the principles of love and kindness. Um, but Christ, through the influence of his spirit, uh, has been a blessing to all those about. And Christ continues to come up, commend them, even among the heathen. You know, those are primitive lands, people who have never been around other people. You know, in the Amazon, there's still some tribes that have never seen outsiders. Can you believe that even now? But even among those groups, there are those who have cherished the spirit of kindness. So uh, uh, before the words of life having fallen upon their ears, they befriended missionaries, even ministering to them at the peril of their own lives. Even among the heathen, there are those who worship God ignorantly, though to those to whom light is never brought by humans, yet they will not perish because they have accepted Christ as, uh, as he had mentioned, we can see Christ in other ways, not just through Holy Bible, uh, but through, uh, how's the verse say? The heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament shows forth his glory. So even among people who have, who have cannot read, who have never seen a Bible, God's Holy Spirit has touched their hearts. Uh, they had a movie that the, I think it was General Conference was pushing. It's called The End of the Spear. Did anybody see that advertisement? Uh, I don't know, but uh, I did see the movie. Yeah, it was called The End of the Spear, and they were allowing you to watch it for free or something. But it talks about the missionaries and about how uh, the missionaries will go to foreign lands. Well, these people had never seen missionaries. They were just another enemy to them. But God's spirit was with these heathen people, and I'm just saying heathen just as a word to use, not that they were just bad people. But among the primitive people, and it was the Holy Spirit that allowed the missionaries to even be there without being killed or to be eaten, you know, by cannibals. So God's spirit can reach anyone and everyone. You don't have to have gone to school and gotten an advanced degree to understand love and kindness. Any other thoughts on that? There's a lot of, uh, lot of good documentaries about primitive lands where missionaries have gone to and it seemed that the people there already knew about the Lord. Uh, one thing comes to, to mind, does anybody remember that movie, Mutiny on the Bounty? Yes. Okay, Lakita remembers that. Have anybody else heard of Pitcairn Island or Captain Bly or any of that? I mean, I've heard of it. I didn't watch the movie, but I've heard of it. Yeah, it's very interesting because when the missionaries went to Pitcairn Island, which is way out in the South Pacific. I don't even know why they went there. It's such a small place. When the missionaries got there, 
the people already knew about the Sabbath. They had nobody else had been there, but God through his Holy Spirit spoke to the people and he still does that today. Uh, there's no restricted class. God has not set aside just a class to restrict his love to. He identifies himself with every child of humanity that we all might become members of the heavenly family. He became a member of the earthly family. He is the son of man and a brother to every son and daughter of Adam. His followers, that's us, we're not to feel detached from the perishing world around us. We're a part of it, but we look to lead others to Christ, to a better, better life through Jesus Christ's love. Christ's love embraces and every deed of kindness to uplift someone is an act of mercy and accepted by Jesus as done to himself. Isn't that pretty amazing? When we help others, we're helping Christ. Yep. Yeah, so it's, it's pretty amazing. This was just showing all the different classes that will be in heaven. You know, the what's the underlying one thing that everyone that will be in heaven has to have or have done? What's the one thing? We in the soul. Christ. Yeah, brought a soul to Christ. Yeah. The one thing that everybody has to do to make it to heaven. Have our sins forgiven. <laughs> yeah, you have to accept Christ as the Lord and Savior. That's the one thing everybody's going to have to do is accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Uh, it is good, you know, for us to be out and about doing God's will, leading others to Christ. That's also a good thing, uh, but everybody has to accept Christ as Lord and Savior. Without Christ, there is no salvation. Without him, there All is right. no, no um, uh, propitiation for sin. He took on the penalty for us. Without Christ, we would all die because the wages of sin is death. Yeah. Yeah. Brother Carroll, I have another question because mm -hmm. I, I, my answer is the same as everyone else's. Because uh, it said there'd be no starless crowns, mm -hmm. but I remember, and, and and again I've been away for a little bit. But when you first started this book, Heaven, um, they talked about babies being in heaven. Um, you know, they didn't have parents or something, and that they would be watched by the angels. Does mm -hmm. anybody else remember that it was in the earlier chapters? I, I, re I remember that. Babies. Yes. Okay. Well, babies haven't had a chance to do any of those things. Babies haven't had a chance to but I, but, Christ or win somebody else to Christ. But I think, yeah. though, that, that when you read more of the spirit of prophecy, it talks about the fact that God knows what kind of life they would have lived had they grown up. And he knows what they would have done. And uh, some of the angels will wonder why some people are in heaven. But God, God only knows. Yeah, there's a lot, lot more background to just knowing that there's some children in heaven without parents. It's a lot more, as Karen said, in the spirit of prophecy. We're reading, I think, something about that in Faith and Works. And uh, what's the other book we're reading right now? Sons and Daughters of God. You know, just think about the slaves who never had opportunity or, the, like you say, the children who died in childbirth. But God, he knows everything from beginning to end. And he is a faithful and just God. So he's going to make the right call 
and some will be as though they were not even. Again, all that is extra information that it takes a lot of study to fully understand, if God even wants us to fully understand all of it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's beautiful. It's beautiful that, you know, those that have not had an opportunity, there's no fault of their own, that they still have a chance for salvation. That yeah. That's beautiful. Praise the Lord. Man. Uh, at the bottom of this chapter says, heaven looks upon them as brothers to sinners as well as to saints. The fallen, the erring, the sinful, Christ's love embraces. Every deed of kindness done to uplift a fallen soul, every act of mercy is accepted as done to him. So we have family, friends, and relatives, erring, sinful, fallen, whatever. You know, Christ's love still embraces them. So our love and being like Christ should also embrace everyone that we meet. You know, one of the things that it's always good to do whenever you're talking to somebody and others have said this before, uh, look at others as Christ looks at them. See someone who needs salvation. See someone who's struggling with a sin and temptation. See someone who needs encouragement, someone who needs a helping hand. See them as someone who needs Christ in their life and who needs the power of the Holy Spirit to break the uh, bonds of Satan. So, and, and when we look at people like that, remember, when, that's who we would see when we look in the mirror. Someone who needs those things as well. It really makes a difference when you talk to people, uh, when you look at them in that manner, that we're all sinners saved by God's grace. Amen. Amen. Any other thoughts on who will be in heaven? That's pretty interesting to even know. Lee, does that include homeless people? Are we supposed to look at them the same way? What's that? Yeah. People that might be out begging. A lot of times that brings up a big question of how do I look at these people when they're out asking for money, asking for food? You know, I think about the verse that you're, you're talking about right now. The verse that comes to mind is when you've done it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, and, you know, Andre, what's, what's strange about that, too, is that when you stop some time to pray with them and they talk to you, you will find out that they had some of them had good jobs and stuff, you know, and had stuff. And when they got laid off, you know, and, and, and I don't want to say instead of trusting in God, but they put their faith in that, you know, the government was going to make sure that they had unemployment checks or whatever. And when and when they, all that fell through for them, they like I just ended up on the streets and I always tell them, you know, don't just keep trusting in God, you know, just, you know, give him you know, your heart, let, let him know your, your, your problems. He's still with you. And I said, and it's amazing how many I, that I've met that said, I used to have a good job. I used to have this and that. And, you know, and like I said, and, and before I was thinking, they just, they just out here, you know, begging for money because they don't want to work. That was my thinking. So God had to change me too. Yeah. And when mm-hmm. I think about helping them, I leave, I leave their presence and think to myself, I was helping the Lord because he said, when you've done it unto the least of these, my brother, you've done it unto me. And so that's the kind of look that I have or kind of feel that I have when I'm dealing with them. I'm helping the Lord. And Amen. Also, and also Hebrews 13, 2 says, be not forgetful to entertain strangers, for thereby some 
some have entertained angels unawares. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Amen. Amen. Think about too um, the parable where the guy said, "Who is my neighbor?" <laughs> everybody is our neighbor. Yes. So we should look at everybody as a sinner saved by grace. And then remember too, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be us. Yep. That could be think, think, make it personal. Say, if it wasn't for the grace of God, that could be me. Amen. And being homeless. And I, I think back to what Cain asked, uh, what he said to God, "Am I bro- my brother's keeper?" Yes, we're our brother's keeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What were you saying, Paula? I was saying homelessness is not a sin. That's true. That's true. What? It's not a sin. But most importantly, um, too, is that we remember to treat each other that way. To treat each other as if this person is a uh, child of God. Amen. I mean, I know that we, you know, probably just take for granted that happens, but I think a lot of times we forget that we are to treat each other. In fact, I think that we should practice on each other and we'll be perfect when we come to the stranger. Yeah. Okay. Um, in a couple of weeks, we're going to be on chapter 11, which is a big surprise. We were just reading about who will be in heaven. Chapter 11 says that some are already in heaven. Amen. And we- Amen. <laughs> yeah, we read some today where Sister White says she saw Noah and Abraham uh, in heaven. And, of course, Enoch's in heaven, Elijah. We can think of people. Who, and Alvina uh, will be in heaven later. Well, well. Amen. 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 Sister, take Say me with you. With take me now. with you. I'm with you. <laughs> I think that's a different chapter in our book. <laughs> <laughs> you get to it. You get to it. It'd be way, way, way later. But okay, let's uh, we'll close out our live session with prayer. Um, Paula, if, uh, since we hadn't heard from you in a little bit, would you mind closing with a prayer for us, please? Sure, sure, sure will. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for our oppor- yet another opportunity to study your word and the word of your uh, prophet here that you have given us. Let us take these things to heart and grow closer to you. We pray for baptism of the Holy Spirit so that we all can be saved. And we pray as we go through the the rest of this week, well, going to next week, that we will bring honor and glory to your name. And forgive us for our sins. In Jesus' holy name, amen. 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 Uh, Before we close out next week, we're on Testimonies for the Church, Volume 1, Chapter 84, and we're going to be starting at Paragraph 476.1. Okay, 476. Okay, that's next week. Yes, so we'll see uh, those of you who have joined us today. We will see you next week.